0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS sports daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. We did AFC free agency grades yesterday, Tuesday, Wednesday, March 25th. It's time for NFC free agency grades. If you have a specific team you would like to discuss more in depth, you can ask us to do so. Or a specific deal, a specific player, whatever it is, go into Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review Make sure to download and subscribe while you're there if you weren't already doing that. Leave a five-star review, and we will answer your question. You can ask questions about um, maybe you want – maybe you have parenting advice during a shelter-in-place situation. For instance, I uh, spent two hours writing The Room on Tuesday morning to kill some time. That was very exciting. Do you want to know what that is, I'll 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 tell you. But you've got to ask on uh, Apple Podcasts. Or maybe Jonathan Jones can ask me because I know he's dying for – Fun children's games during this time of spending hours and days inside our own homes. What's up, JJ?
1: What's going on, man? I don't have any kids and I don't need any tips. It's just
0: I'm me, being sarcastic.
1: Oh yeah. no! But in case like people out there thought that maybe I did, and they weren't picking up on your sarcasm, I didn't need to make it clear that I am way too selfish to have children <laughs> or dogs.
0: Well, <laughs> I wish. Awful dry cough for me there. Uh, I wish right now that I was, um, oh, I wouldn't I would exercise would out in the, um, out in the chilly weather today. And I think it, it got to my lungs. The, um, you know, it, like I love my family, but now would be a uh, solid time to be, uh, independent, if you will.
1: Yeah. No, it's good. It's good for me. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, as an only child, as a guy who already worked from home, like as a person who really has zero responsibilities in the world, I'm actually like very well positioned, you know? And then also my job is to talk and write about the NFL, which is the only sport that has anything really going on. So like, and I don't say that to brag. I say that to be like, I I recognize how fortunate a position I am in this global pandemic. And like, I don't take that lightly that I'm in a, in a decent spot.
0: No, I mean, I I've been saying that for the past week. It's like, it was easier to transition into this situation because I usually spend this week locked in my house anyway, you know? Right. And, and so for me, it hasn't been a whole lot different. It's more about transitioning my wife. My mom keeps calling my brother who lives in downtown Raleigh and uh, lives by himself, plays some video games every now and then. I think uh, she calls him. She's worried about him, worried that uh, he's alone all by himself in that, in that apartment. My like, mom, you're worried about the wrong brother.
1: Anyway, (laughs) do you know, up until the numbers are still coming through, but as recently as Sunday evening, there were almost 100 cases of COVID-19 in my county, Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is located. And in my zip code, there were zero known or identified cases.
0: That's crazy. It's like Wake County is very similar. And this is not a not to get into a North Carolina corona. Uh, podcast, but I mean, like, you know, I, I do feel, I mean, so I left a review mad that we talked Corona, like other or COVID-19, I guess, if you're going to be scientific, JJ is trying to elevate the conversation here. Um, it is, uh. Look, it is happening. Like it's a it's 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 a part of everybody's life. So we're sort of trying to make the pod shape, the podcast around uh, what people are dealing with in their day to day lives. If if we if we do that. And I agree with you. There's like a there's like a lot of cases in Wake County. But I don't um, but like Wake County and Mecklenburg are both very, very big counties.
1: That's right. And speaking of and then bringing tying this back to football, I was on the teleconference today with Tom Brady. Uh, and other media members and he kept talking about the unique challenges that he and the Bucks and the NFL and the world are facing right now and my question to him and this is a story that I wrote for cbosports.com is essentially okay so Brady didn't participate in the last couple years of OTAs for New England obviously being with the Bucs he would participate in OTAs yes. but more than likely we are certainly not going to have OTAs as we know it, as we know them, and probably not have OTAs at all. So how are you going to get to know these guys on and off the field? And Brady said, "You know, hey, technology is fantastic. Uh, I'm essentially going to Facetime and Skype with these guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll try to get together. But if there is, for example, a shelter-in-place uh, in the state of Florida, if this continues the way that it's going," I don't know how he and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans or five to ten of his pass catchers are going to be able to quite literally legally get together.
0: They they it will not be. They will not be able to legally get together and certainly would not be able to share it on the gram. I, I think I, I do. I do. T- and I'm, I consider myself fairly optimistic about this whole situation. But I do think that. There's a pretty good chance the first time these guys get together will be training camp, and yep. if that's if that's the case, and that, that's enough time to get prepared for a season, but it's still it's not easy. Uh, if, if that is the case, then I think that what you can end up seeing is maybe the the bucket. I mean, the Buccaneers starting out slow on offense, and I mean, imagine being like Chris Godwin, who's a very good player, but not like a Mike Evans star player, and like you're spending I don't know six or seven hours a week FaceTiming. Uh, into uh with with the greatest quarterback of all time like it'd be kind of it'd be kind of weird right
1: it would be weird i think that you're absolutely right the Bucks could start off slow i think the colts could start off slow i think that they're better positioned than other teams in that they do have tom brady and phillip rivers respectively that will at least understand and be up to speed on terminology you know i i, I worry obviously with teams that are going to have new quarterbacks that are not veterans i worry about Uh so Cincinnati, obviously, Miami. Um, and then I start to worry about teams with quarterbacks going from year one to year two, like in Arizona or year two to year three, like a Buffalo. I know Lamar Jackson just won NFL MVP, but still year three is a crucial time for young quarterbacks. Um but the team they are
0: they're very lucky that the coaching searches broke the way they did. Yes, and that they didn't have either of their assistants poached because everybody thought that, um, you know, we might see Greg Roman get a head coaching job and uh, Don Martindale. I mean, like, you know, they could have easily lost both of their assistants and they would be in a weird spot right now. Instead, they have a lot of continuity,
1: a lot of continuity. And so I just wrote uh, for dot-com about how continuity is going to be key. And I can you can sort of identify eight to nine teams that kept. Their head coach, their OC, their DC and, and their veteran quarterback, right? You,
0: I, I don't know if I, I, you probably didn't listen and it's fine. I'm not offended by any stretch of imagination. I don't know if you listened to me and Jason Locomfort yesterday or no, is it? Yes, it was yesterday's podcast, but, um, we literally were talking like I have it written down on my pad here. I'm like continuity rankings. Cause I think yeah. that's the key is like OC head coach quarterback and then offensive line to a degree. And like, if you can, if you have all those pieces in place, you're probably going to be a pretty good offense this year. If all those pieces are transitioning from year one to year two. So what, what teams were on your list? Then we'll get back to t- some Tom Brady.
1: So like my teams, if I'm picking like eight or nine, number one, at the top, is Kansas city chiefs. Uh, they were very fortunate uh, to keep Eric the enemy where I think a lot of uh, teams who needed a head coach have made a mistake. You look at the Titans, and they have their whole crew back together outside of right tackle Jack Conklin, who they were anticipating they'd probably have to lose as well. So just going quickly down the list, I got the New Orleans Saints, adding Emmanuel Sanders, like adding a wide receiver, especially a veteran wide receiver, sort of a plug-and-play guy. Like I don't think that that's especially a huge.
0: Especially somebody deal. who doesn't need to be the number one, right? Like he that's doesn't have to come in. Yeah. That's
1: exactly right. Uh, I got the 49ers, even though they lost Emmanuel Sanders into Forrest Buckner, like they still have Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and Robert Sala. Um, the Eagles. OK, so they did lose their offensive coordinator, but Doug Peterson's the offensive coordinator. So, like, it's all good. Uh, I got the Packers, the Seahawks. And then so far, I've named only playoff teams from last year. Uh, but there are two teams that did not make the playoffs that I see continuity with. Number one are the Atlanta Falcons, uh, and number two are the Las Vegas Raiders, who, you know, they're not the Oakland Raiders, so that would sort of be the antithesis of continuity. They have literally relocated. But if you're not practicing in OTAs and you're only, like, getting together on July 27th, rolling the ball there and throwing it around for three weeks, and then, hey, it's week one. So I, I don't think that that necessarily matters. I have the Raiders on that list as well.
0: Uh The Falcons is interesting, too, because – we sat down with Arthur Blank uh for for the for this podcast. Like, yeah, Arthur Blank's yeah, we, we talked to the Atlanta Falcons owner on this goofy little podcast. And uh it was me and Prisco, but he he pointed out how important this is the Super Bowl. He pointed out how important continuity was and that's why he decided ultimately to stick with Dan Quinn. And I mean clearly he didn't know what was coming down the pipe. Uh, well maybe he did. It was it was February. Huh, maybe he did. I, I think but, it's safe to say he did not see this one coming down the pike. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, like you know, it's nuts because my my um a friend of mine was talking about how he's like, yeah, I watched that uh, pandemic video on Netflix. I, I haven't seen it yet, but he's like, talk about it ahead of its time. I was like, well, it was released on January twenty second. Like, Corona was already in America. Like, there were already cases of COVID nineteen in the U.S. It's just you know, it's just crazy. Like how like when it hit when it hits the accelerator, it hits the accelerator. Like I, I don't think anybody was seeing this coming. I mean, if the Super Bowl, we're walking around in Miami. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people are just walking around Miami. You're sharing Ubers. You're flying to planes. You're not even thinking twice about it. You know, you saw a bunch of people in masks at airport and stuff like that. But I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it, it, it's, it, the acceleration process is wild. I doubt that it was on Arthur Blank's mind, but maybe.
1: Yeah, I doubt it as well. But, uh, yeah, I, if, if it were on his mind. Uh, and he played the stock market. He would probably be crushing it right now.
0: That's correct. But, and, but I, I guess my point is that like the Super Bowl was uh seven or eight weeks ago.
1: It was right at the front six. end of, of America with it. Right. Like it might have even.
0: All the right. times it was six weeks ago. It feels like it was six years ago. Oh yeah. No, it really does. That's that's, I guess that's what my point is. So, uh, back to Brady. And I, I like that list of teams. And I agree with that list of teams back to Brady. Um, you were on the conference call. I caught the front end of it. I had to go and get some exercise uh, during the rest of it. Let me, let me ask you, first I want to know, if Tom Brady had signed with the Panthers, would you have said, welcome to Charlotte, Tom, when you asked your question on the call?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have. Why wouldn't I have said that?
0: I don't know. I mean like the first two questions like Hi Tom, welcome to Tampa. It's like <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean sometimes it, it feels a little bit hokey, you know, from a I'll tell you this, Well, like as a former
0: welcome beat writer. Check, check out Matt Right.
1: I I know, I know. Like as a former beat writer, especially when you have these conference calls, like you're you're trying to kind of wave the flag that, hey, you're here. I am. I want to be presentable right now, but you're also going to hear from me and see me around the locker room every single day. So I want to make an impression, but I don't want to be too goofy in front of everyone. Right. Uh, and so that's just my experience from a conference call. So, yeah, a lot of times like, hey, you know, because you want him to know I'm not just some random Joe at another city like, yo, you're going to be dealing with me every day.
0: Of course. And, and look, I think it was Greg Allman and Jen Lane who were the first two questions. I'm not, and I'm not making fun of them. I just thought it was, I think it's like, welcome to Tampa, Tom. And then like the next question is like, Sam Farmer is like, uh, hi, Tom. Sam Farmer is like, Hey, Tom, hey, Sam, how's it going? What's happening? How are you kids?" That's today? right. <laughs> you <laughs> could <laughs> tell,
1: you could tell who Tom's favorites were on that call.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, what did you, what was your big takeaway from that? I mean, anything other than aside from the fact that they'll have to figure out a way to, I don't know, it didn't, It didn't feel like Tom Brady was cutting loose. It felt like he still had a lot of a lot of patriotism, like uh, a patriot's way attached to him.
1: Yeah. Did you almost say patriotism? Yes, Um,
0: Well, Uh, yeah, we knew what I was going for.
1: We knew that he wasn't going to, like, tell us anything, right? He's never been super uh, revealing in really any conversation. And it certainly wouldn't happen in a, you know, 50 person conference call televised on CBS Sports HQ, um, but what I was intrigued by was, you know, I wanted to know a lot about the process and I had, you know, five questions written down and depending on when they got to me in the queue, uh, you know, okay. So the top two questions had, had been asked, or I thought, you know, one of my first questions was, Hey, you clearly have been planning for this, for the possibility of you no longer being a newly Patriot for at least a year uh when did when and how did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come into focus for you and very early on in the conversation he had said once or twice like I'm not getting into the particulars of a process you know and the detail and so I went ahead and I canceled that question because it was just going to be a wasted question and but he kept repeating you know a half dozen times unique challenges of meeting everyone and getting the rhythm down and so I wanted to see what his plan was for that and he, he obviously divulge that to a point. As far as the most revealing or enlightening thing, I think the one nugget out of all of this, because he was not going to throw any shade on the Patriots organization, was that we knew that he met with Robert Kraft in his home the night before he made his announcement that following morning, but that he, like, conference-called Belichick in right there. Like, I I found that to be the most interesting oh, he com- Did
0: he, been- he conference-called Belichick in with Bob Kraft? He, he said that... It, it, it,
1: he basically said I was with Robert and then we called Bill hmm. was a sin was, was, and so like, okay, so they all had that together. So he didn't like call Belichick and then go over to Bob Kress. He went over to Bob Kress, told Bob, and then he called Belichick and kind of did that together.
0: Okay. Interesting. I think, I, I, and I don't want to belabor the Brady point because we have lots of Brady stuff to talk about, but I, I mean, I do, it is fa- like the dynamics of all of this are fascinating and they're going to make for an incredible Book at some point in time. Um, I am of personally above the opinion, JJ, that Bill Belichick basically made it clear to Tom Brady that he was not going that he was this was he was a he was making this year a year early instead of a year too late, and that he had been given the power to just make the quarterback decision, and that he is moving on from Tom Brady. But the Patriots and Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick allowed it to look like Tom Brady was the one who who left. Like they they did not want they wanted to be magnanimous about it. They didn't want him to feel like he was being kicked to the curb or to for it to look publicly like he was being kicked kicked to the curb. And as such, like it look like to me publicly, it looks like Tom Brady left. I but I, I don't. I'm curious what you think. I'm of the opinion that Bill Belichick told him no, thank you.
1: I'm of the opinion because this is what has been true the last couple of years that Tom Brady wanted some some form of commitment past one year from the new one Patriots and continue to not get it um, that he has said until he's blue in the face that he wants to play until his mid forties and that he was not interested in being on a year to year proposition with the new one Patriots. So without knowing their, their contract details or whatever, the one thing that we do know was Brady did want some sort of at least two year commitment and that the chargers and the bucks were willing to meet him on that. Obviously the bucks were, and I'm not convinced that at the end of this contract that he won't sign another contract. Uh, That was another question I had for him, but I knew that he wouldn't answer that question, right? He's just going to say, "I'm focused on the now. Well, when when I get to 45, I'll get to 45." But he said he wants to play uh, into 45, and this contract takes him to 44. And what we had seen from the Patriots, time and again, it was not about the money necessarily, so and so much about, or so much as. He wanted commitment from the Patriots. And I don't think that Belichick was willing to give that to him because of what you just said, rather be a year early than a year late. And so if the Patriots said, yeah, Tom, we'll give you a one year, $25 million deal. He'd be like, no, I want to. They're like, eh, no, can't do that, buddy.
0: I, 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 I think that's, I think that's basically what happened. And you know, you hear this, I think he wanted collaboration too. Like you, you look at his sponsorships, Uggs, uh, Under Armour. You know, he is—he uh, is not somebody who just takes cash from them and then you know shills the product. He is an invested partner, and I think he wanted to be that with the with the next team that he went to. And he, he's not that with the Patriots. I mean, like, he's an employee of the Patriots. And now with the Buccaneers, he feels like uh sort of an invested partner who is working with Bruce Arians and Jason Light to figure out the offense, to collaborate on the roster moves and all of that. So I think that was sort of something like creative control. You know, like when you're – Sure.
1: You're, I also think
0: – go ahead. No, I mean, it's like – um you know, like you, you used to work at, with uh Peter King at, at uh, SI. He'd been doing this for a long time, and he wanted his own site. You know, like you yeah. want – like, when you've been doing this for a long time, at some point you want creative control. You know, like Bill Simmons started his own, I mean, yeah, there's all... but He started his own site. Like, you get the point. Like, like if you've been doing it for a long time, you've been successful, You so at some point you want creative control. And that happens in almost every industry, including apparently football.
1: I think that that's a fantastic point, and that may be uh, paramount to what I'm about to say. Um, and that is, you know, the Bucks are a reclamation project. They're a team that... Uh, i've said this before, not on this podcast, but literally the last time they were in the playoffs well. George W. Bush was in the Oval Office. Wow and it's been that long, and I wonder if brady we've all what we've all talked about was it Brady or Belichick right uh, that that was the main reason for this dynasty. All right now let's see what Brady can do now let 's see what Belichick can do i'm not entirely sure it's a major coincidence that Brady went to a team that in a dozen years hasn't been to the postseason. Like, I do think that there was some allure that, like, okay, I'm Tom Brady, and in two years I can take this franchise that has been moribund for uh, a dozen years and turn it around and flip it. And they do have pieces in place, and I can be that last puzzle piece. I do think that that played to the human ego uh, a little bit.
0: All right. Give me a grade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason then. Since we're talking Tom Brady, um, <laughs> I mean, frankly, like I, I know what I would give them and it would be an A plus. It's like, look, you pri- you convinced Tom Brady to come to Tampa. So I don't care what else you did. You talked Tom Brady into coming to Tampa. You sold a bajillion tickets. You're the team everybody cares about. Uh, did you lose in Dominican Sue? Maybe we don't know yet. Uh, I don't even, I'm not even sure what else you did to be perfectly frank, but you got Tom Brady.
1: Uh, and it is because what they have yet to do that, and I know this might be a cop-out, and I will not cop-out for the rest of the grades, this is an incomplete for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's an incomplete because, yes, they just got the GOAT. That's fantastic. I'm ready to give them an A, but as we all know, free agents are prepared to flock to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that is poised to uh, make a run at a championship, a team that is conveniently located in a state with no state income tax, and so when you think about taking less, to go for a ring, or are you actually taking less when there's no state income tax? You know, you can play that. You can figure all that stuff out. And so because those free agents have not come through just yet, they got Joe Haig, right? Okay. They had already re-upped JPP. They tagged Shaq Barrett. But until we see that slot receiver come in there, until we see that right tackle come in there, until we see that running back uh, take a little bit less, i'm just I'm thinking that they are at an incomplete, but it's okay that they're at incomplete because they should they should be waiting on folks to come to them. I don't think that they have to be overly aggressive right now
0: All right fair enough uh the Carolina Panthers are in the same division, and they are they have not officially released cam Newton as of this podcast recording at three p m eastern on wind on Tuesday, but you know what it doesn't matter. You and I have both been saying they're going to dump cam cam is not getting traded he's he's getting cut like this is just yep. I, and it's inexplicable that they couldn't get anything back for him um but i so i'm curious what did you think that much ado was made about uh nothing on tuesday morning when and i don't want i'm not impugning adam Schefter's reporting because i think the important distinction that adam Schefter made when he tweeted something was the panthers are releasing cam today like the timing of it is interesting but like he was getting cut. They can't get anything for him because nobody can right. check it out.
1: No, he he was always getting released. I, the, the news is that it's apparently going to happen. Uh, let's say t- Tuesday. Um, that's the that's the only bit of news. Like it, that it happens, that it is going to happen, is not news in terms of. And you know that's also a quick aside, right? Well, that's kind of the, the one of the sillier things in our industry. That we're all, all very guilty of, right? We're both raising our hands on this. Like, hey, a, eventual outcome that we have all been saying is the, uh, certain outcome just happened. And now we have to all say the exact same things that we said last week when we were preparing everyone for this outcome. Now the outcome has happened and we have to say the exact same thing.
0: It, 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 it just happened with Cam Newton. It just happened with Tom Brady. Like we knew Tom Brady was going to the Bucks. And like, yeah. they, like he just, he just had. They had to announce it and for weird circumstances. They hadn't done it, and so it's like, it's like, okay, we've had the Tom Brady discussion already for two days. Then you hit pause on it, and then there's like a little mild buzz about the contract situation. Then you have to come back and have the discussion again. And the same thing with Cam. It's like we went through Cam's history with the Panthers when it, when it was, you know, reported that he was going to be cut. Although there's been some, and again, I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna name names or anything like that. But there was some interesting reporting about Cam dating back to the combine where there was at least a. Uh does, is Like Cam's going to be the Panther starter? It's like I don't need it. So yeah, I mean, like yeah. <laughs> it was like no, that's not.
1: That's nothing. Not nothing had changed at the combine. Like, what? and I literally, I went, on, I went on HQ that day, and I was like, the news about yes, Cam I remember, today. I
0: remember, I remember you. I remember your hit on that. You were like, eh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. There's nothing. Whatever, whatever
1: is going on with Cam today is the same thing that was going on with Cam yesterday. Is the same thing that's going on with Cam tomorrow. That's exactly what I said. And and it was because I knew that it was more likely than not that Cam would not be the starter for the Panthers in 2020 uh, and what I had been reporting. So in terms of the Panthers grade, you lose Cam. I'm going to tell you what, they're getting a D-minus from me.
0: JJ, would your grade change if I told you that the Carolina Panthers had just, while we were recording this podcast, signed free agent, former Temple player Robbie Anderson to a two-year deal that is worth $20 million or $12 million in year one.
1: Uh It would change. I had them at a D-minus. This upgrades them to a D. Uh, I had them at a D-minus <laughs> because I do not like them getting too good of a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They should have been aiming for someone on a Blake Bortles-like level uh, so that they continue to tank into 2020. However, Robbie Anderson, now they do have – um, a legitimate compliment of, of good wide receivers, you, uh, a number one wide receiver. I can't believe the Jets didn't try to bring him back on, uh, or Washington try to make a play for him. So I am okay with this, especially with a two year deal where, all right, everybody, let's suffer through 2020 to get out like Andy Dufresne onto the other side of this in 2021.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's fair enough. I don't love the price tag, but I guess. Ten million a year is not crazy. Like if they broke in the bank for him, it almost feels like he's doing his old form. And by the way, they signed Philip Walker, of course, from Temple as well. It almost feels like he's throwing some of his boys a bone, but that's not unusual. You know, we talk about the Bills and the Giants bringing Carolina guys up, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, Robbie Anderson maybe a slight bump up, maybe a slight bump down. Either way, shouldn't be a huge impact. This is not a great football team,
1: and I'm telling you why they get a D minus from me because this roster is so bad that they should be tanking. I agree. And what they did, like the Miami Dolphins, when they tanked, which their offseason last year got an A from me because they leaned fully into the tank and they got a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick who was just good enough to inspire enough hope among players, but you knew he'd be bad enough to, to win or to lose you enough games to where this tank is worth it. And then what happened? You had Brian Flores who coached too well and you had Ryan Fitzpatrick who never really was bad Ryan Fitzpatrick or was not bad Ryan Fitzpatrick enough. They just got Teddy Bridgewater, who's too good of a quarterback to tank and to be bad, which is what this roster demands that you are. And so that's like the
0: problem with what, Teddy. Is that, no, that Teddy. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has like this weirdly high ceiling, but this insanely low floor. Teddy Bridgewater has a really high floor and a like there's a compressed area in which Teddy Bridgewater's performance will finish, even with a questionable offensive line and like decent weapons. I mean, they lost Cam Newton, James Bradbury, G- Greg Olson, Luke Keekley, Trey Turner, Mario Addison, Gerald McCoy, Vernon Butler, Eric Green, Greg Van Roten, and Kyle Allen, who they traded for more than they could get for Cam Newton, which is weird, while adding Teddy Bridgewater, Russell Okung, Farrow Cooper, Seth Roberts, Stefan, Ste- Stephen Weatherly, and Bruce Irvin. um, or bring back. Like this is not it's a terrible roster. It's, it might be the worst roster in football.
1: It's a really, I mean, look at the defense. They lost their best pass rusher in Addison. They lost their best linebacker in Keekway. They, uh, they lost their best corner and their best safety. Uh, you know, they, they lost their best interior offensive lineman. They lost their best quarterback. Uh, they still don't really have a number one wide receiver, and they have Christian McCaffrey. So you get a Teddy Bridgewater, and you give him a, a pretty good left tackle in Russell Lagoon. Like, at best, at best, this is a six and 10 team
0: yeah. and there's
1: nothing good about going six and 10. And David Tepper, who made his billions being the smart guy, understanding that, uh, that the government was going to bail out the banks in 2009, uh, when a lot of people di- didn't see that coming. He saw it coming very early on and like quintupled his net worth in, in basically a day. Um, he should know that this roster is so bad. That there's no sense in going six and ten. Go two and fourteen. Get the bailout, which is Trevor Lawrence. That's right. That's right. It has to. This this has to be worth it. And right now, the Panthers are not making it be worth it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I the Teddy Bridgewater thing concerns me because you gave him that money, and it's almost like you're paying Teddy just like just as an excuse to get get a get out from under Cam. And I don't think either that they're doing the fans. It's almost, it's, it's reminiscent a little bit of when Dave Gettleman came in and like kicked Steve Smith to the curb. And I think, I mean, you, you, you know how that went there. Like it went over poorly yeah. with the fans. I mean, they're, they're chasing out Cam Newton, Luke, Kuechly – Keekley, Luke Keekley, not necessarily chased, but Greg Olson definitely chased. Greg out.
1: Olson, Cam and Olson are getting the same treatment from the Panthers, right? Not- that they that they release. Um, this message that, hey, we've mutually decided to part ways with Greg, and Greg was like, yo, you guys weren't going to pay me at my number. I knew I was getting cut. I knew in December 1 that I, that I this was going to be my last time in Carolina. Cam, we've granted permission for him to seek a trade. But Cam doesn't want to trade. Cam really likes Charlotte, and he likes it for any number of reasons, including selfish reasons, that he knows that he won't be the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons uh, where his home is, uh And so this is the closest franchise that he could possibly be to Atlanta to his home. He loves Charlotte, Charlotte loves him. he has his way here uh he's been able to run the place for a decade now he's going to go somewhere and he's going to take his his production crew and and they're gonna have all this access to whatever locker room he pops into next. No, you think that he's going to get twenty million dollars the next place he gets no he goes no like. He had it really good in Carolina and Campbell realized that. And so when he's like grant permission to seek a
0: trade, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not getting a trade. Please, I'm I will be he's like you know, we told CBS Sports Radio, I will absolutely be the uh be the Panthers starting quarterback. That's clearly not the case. Um by the way, the Panthers over under win total. I've seen it out there at five and a half. Hammer the under. Hammer it. Hammer that under. If you get if you can find that number, take the under five and a half. They will not win six games next year. They might, I mean, they, they, they I mean, that's their ceiling.
1: That's their ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater.
0: They won five games last year they, they were having, they were like five and three at one point. All right. We're taking a break. When we come back, we'll let you know how the, uh, Cowboys did the offseason. Sure. They tagged Dak, but they lost the starting center and some other players. Will the Cowboys be bashed by JJ and I? Maybe. All right, so Dak Prescott on the franchise tag. Amari Cooper signed for $100 million over five years, $20 a pop. They also brought back Blake Jarwin, Kai Forbath, and Sean Lee, while adding Gerald McCoy and HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, And uh, did they sign Don Terry Poe yet? I think they were about to sign Don Terry Poe. Losses for the Cowboys, though, include Jason Witten. Oh, no. Randall Cobb, who signed with the Texans, Malik Collins, Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, there's a bunch of defensive players, and recently Travis Frederick, who retired. How would you grade out the Cowboys offseason, JJ?
1: Okay, so the Cowboys get a B-minus from mm-hmm. me. And I like the Amari deal. Uh, Washington was very, very involved in Amari Cooper, uh, I'm told. I like HaHa Clinton-Dix. Uh, doesn't stop him from taking a safety at 17, although corner's a bigger need. Gerald McCoy, maybe he can reclaim his Tampa Bay magic. That's great. Sean Lee, very low-risk move. Uh, the Travis Frederick uh, retirement, you know, there's nothing they can do about that, but they have been put in that situation before to be without Travis Frederick, so they're at least prepared in some way for that. I, they were never going to pay Barry Jones' ticket. Okay. My issue is the DAC tag. They They should have given him an extension last year. They made the mistake – in early September of not giving him anywhere close to what Jared Goff was was getting paid by the Rams, that was the floor. They continued to make that mistake this year by tagging him rather than getting into a long-term deal with him. The thing is, Dak Prescott has 40 wins for the Dallas Cowboys. If you do the math on the 40 wins uh, divided by how much money he has made from the Dallas Cowboys in his career, that's $122,000 per win. That's all that the Dallas Cowboys have had to pay. You owe Dak Prescott back pay. Yeah. You need to pay him. And here, and the thing is the salary cap's going to go up as we all understand. The TV contract deal in a couple years is going to spike the cap even more. And so each year that you wait to pay Dak Prescott, it's going to hurt worse and worse. And so they're, they're okay for 2020. Right. It's not about free agency for the 2020 season. It's about free agency for the good of the, of the short and long term of this team. And by not getting a long term deal done with Dak Prescott in the past year, that's going to come back and bite the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I would actually go see because of the Dak Prescott thing. And like you gave Zeke Elliott the deal. You could be doing this tag thing with Zeke Elliott right now or like the like you could be battle, battle it out with the running back. And play Tony Pollard. Don't battle it out with the quarterback and potentially cost yourself. You lose Byron Jones. Getting a Cooper back did salvage uh, their offseason, though. Our old friend Dave Gettleman and his giant pants up in New York. I love Dave Gettleman's huge pants. Uh, he brought James Bradbury into town, another Carolina guy. This guy did, yep. <laughs> Buffalo in New York, man. Tell you what, they they—they they love the Carolina guys. They do not mind signing their guys. Uh, also signed Blake Martinez, linebacker who sometimes struggles to recognize, uh, certain things in play action. Sometimes? Sometimes, oftentimes. Uh, Cole McCoy is a backup quarterback. Quarterback Levine Toilololo, I can't pronounce anything today. Toilalulo. Toilololo, thank you. They lost Alec Ogletree, lost, and uh, brought back Leonard Williams on the franchise tag because losing him to free agency would be too embarrassing. What kind of grade would you give the Giants here?
1: Oh, gosh. I'd give him a C just because of the Leonard Williams thing. More I, I love the. It would be higher
0: if they hadn't screwed up Linda, the Little waves thing.
1: Correct, correct, and and honestly, like you know, the Giants made a ton of moves uh last year. They're they're, they're banking on the the youth movement that they have there. So okay, like you want to see those guys through, you're you're not ready to cast them aside. All that stuff's fine if you don't think that you have to make a ton of moves. I'm okay with that. It's just and, and the James Bradbury move is a fantastic one, and they paid him a very fair rate. Um, I just don't really like the Leonard Williams deal or the tag yeah. whatsoever.
0: No, nah, it's a disaster. You get the, the only reason you tagged him is because you gave up a pick for him. If you'd been a right. roster to begin with, you just want to let him hit free agency and try to resign him. But Dave Gettleman knew he would get skewered for not, for not, for not getting anything for like letting him walk after giving up that pick. And then the thing with the Bradbury, I agree. It's a fine deal. It's just weird that he rescinded the tag on Josh Norman Drafted Bradbury, talked about how you don't pay corners, and then gave James Bradbury a huge deal of free agency. I think Bradbury's a good player. It just, uh, doesn't fit with necessarily with Dave Gettleman's philosophy. It makes me wonder if the computer folks are having their, uh, <laughs> having their way up in, uh, up in, uh, New York. For the Eagles, they traded for Darius Slay, a very nice pickup. Out of Javon Hargrave, solid. Jutavis Brown, Will Parks, they lose. Malcolm Jenkins, cry yourself to sleep. Debo. Nelson Aguilar and his beautiful hands are out of town, Nigel Bradham, Jordan Howard gone, and Big V uh, left and got a ton of money for some reason free agency. Why would you grade the Eagles? I'm gonna
1: give them a B. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a B. I'm gonna give them a B because Okay, they, a, they harsh,
0: a harsh grader, and I like it. It's good. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. There
1: aren't many A's that I'm going to give out, and we're talking about NFC teams. Like, the only team that I can really think of that would get just a solid A and nothing else to say about it, the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so, and and like, so I'm giving them a B. Uh, I love the Darius Slate pickup. They absolutely had to upgrade that secondary. They gave up a league-high 11 deep passing touchdowns last season. Yeah. So getting a guy like him – uh, and, and paying him and trading for him, that's a totally fair thing to do. Um, they probably should have given up even more uh, in order to get him. I love Javon Hargrave. I've been a big fan of his ever since he was coming out of college. Nelson Aguilar, you can lose him. That's fine. They're going to get healthy back at wide receiver. They have continuity. Uh, again, we talked about that in the first segment. They're the only NFC East team that has a returning head coach. Uh, so, yeah, I I'm, I'm cool with what the Eagles have done.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think, um, I might even go B plus or A minus just because I think that the, while the division, I don't know. Like, I feel like they, to me, are a clear cut favorite in the division now that Travis, Travis Frederick left. And, uh, you know, they should, they should win it, but we'll see. The Redskins, uh, uh brought back Brandon Sheriff on the franchise tag. They lose Eric Flowers, Josh Norman, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Quentin Dunbar. A questionable trade by, of a fifth round pick for him for a fifth round pick after they gave him a fifth round pick to add Kyle Allen. Uh, they bring in Kendall Fuller and Sean Davis, Thomas Davis, the Ageless Wonder, J.D. McKissick and Wes Schweitzer. Uh, what would you give Ron Rivera in his first free agency all season for the uh, Washington Redskins?
1: C-plus gave up way too much in order to get Kyle Allen a fifth rounder. It's like, ridiculous.
0: Cam Newton is free, but Kyle Allen costs a fifth rounder?
1: Uh, yeah, and you know what? There's some politics involved with that, right? Because you can't, if you have Dwayne Haskins or if you have any first- or second-year quarterback, you really can't bring in a Cam Newton. That's just going to completely ruin the guy's confidence. So I, I do kind of get that, but a 5th round for Kyle Allen is a lot. It probably should have gotten more for Quentin Dunbar. We're waiting to see what they're going to get for Trent Williams. I, I've been told they are not at a hard, steadfast second-round pick. They're willing to work with the team. Give us a third and give us something next year. Okay, we can talk. So we're going to see about that. But then also, where, who are their wide receivers? And, um, wh- you know, they were, they were scary, in the Amari Cooper scary, scary sweepstakes.
0: Scary Terry McLaurin's to stud, but he's, I mean, they're young. They're a bunch of young guys.
1: So, I mean, they were in the Amari Cooper sweepstakes for a reason. And we know at pick number two that they're going to take Chase Young. I'm yep. just, I'm, I'm wondering where they're going to get receivers.
0: And they don't have a second round pick because they gave it to Indy to move up to get Montez Sweat last year, which in hindsight, uh, Montez is a good player, but looks like a disaster. You can't give up your second round pick next year and then be the second worst team in football.
1: Yeah. So all of those things, I, you know, had they gotten Amari, had they, you know, been able to get a Stefan Diggs, okay, I'd feel a lot better about him. But I'm, I'm worried about what they're, where they're at at receiver and how they're going to augment that.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very good question. Um, C plus works for me. I don't. I probably would have gone in the B range until the Dunbar Allen trades. Those really dinged them questionable moves there. You basically swapped Kyle like Quentin Dunbar for Kyle Allen in a three-way trade. Is that right? No, that's not right. And they gave up a fifth-round pick. It's a terrible deal. The Vikings lose Stephon Diggs, but get back a first-round pick. Trey Wayne signs for huge money in Cincinnati. Limball Joseph goes to uh, the Chargers. Everson Griffin also gone. Andrew Sandejo. Xavier Rhodes, my god, that defense just got picked apart this offseason, but they brought back Kirk Cousins, so you got, and CJ Ham, you got Ham and Cousins, so you're fine. Uh, how would you grade the Vikings all season?
1: Oh boy, the Minnesota Vikings, get a C from me,
0: because they didn't
1: have much room to do anything, right? They had a miserable cap situation, so we knew that there was going to be a lot of attrition. Like, that's just the way that it was going to be. That secondary is going to look completely different. Uh, you extended Cousins, who, okay, worth it. They traded digs, got good compensation back first, fourth, fifth, sixth, uh, all of that. Uh, Linval Joseph's in L.A. They have a 22nd and a 25th in the draft. I give him a C. Really, just because they couldn't do much. Like I'm not surprised at all by their free agency. Um, it is it. What happened is really about as expected as any team in the NFL.
0: By the way, Cam Newton, as we record this, 3:20 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, March 24th, Cam Newton officially released by the Carolina Panthers. There you go. He was the first player I ever saw drafted. While working for CBS Sports,
1: is that a fact? You used yeah. to have Cam as your avatar on Twitter.
0: Uh, I did. I have Cam as my avatar on Slack now. It's his. Uh, it's a little sunglasses thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was the. Uh, he was the first player because the first draft I covered was the 2011 NFL Draft for CBS Sports. I was working uh, sitting in the Radio City Music Hall. Man, been a long time.
1: Has been. It I happens. didn't know who you were at like back then and in, in 2011. So you thought and I was Cam, dude. Well, like, and I never, like, I, I couldn't blow up the photo for whatever reason. And so I couldn't, and Cam was, like, wearing glasses. And I couldn't necessarily, like, 100% say that was Cam Newton. And so I just thought that Will Brinson was, like, this cool-looking black dude. And <laughs> look, I got to tell you what, Will, I was really disappointed.
0: That's like, uh I mean, I told Ryan Wilson this. I definitely thought Ryan Wilson was a uh just a caucasian like accountant moonlighting as a blogger for like 2 or 3 years uh before cuz he didn't have a profile pic on Fanhouse when he was writing um and then uh, as it turns out nope he's not No. Nope. I'm not a cool looking black guy. Just a no. short, short white guy who plays tennis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until you have shelter in place.
0: No, nah, I'm going to you can actually get out the exercise can yeah. you? I think it's
1: just like a walk or a run. I don't think it's like actually going out there and playing like competitive sport.
0: Well, you can go hit the ball machine. Okay. I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see what the, they they're they gonna come and get me on a private property, please. Come oh, out. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna issue you a
1: citation. It's a misdemeanor. That's how no, this works. It's
0: not a misdemeanor. Get out of town. What do you think it is? Misdemeanor for playing tennis? Come on. I'm look. not saying it's gonna be a felony, but yeah, well I'm sorry. But- <laughs> nah, I'm going to be picking up to go food and, uh, at the, uh, at the university club here in town. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell. There might be rallying cops listening to this podcast. I'm not going to tell them what my plans are. <laughs> um, anyway, Cam Newton, end of an era, crazy to see. And, uh, so we'll see where he lands. Where, where do you think he'll land, by the way? Do you buy the Patriot type? A little bit. I think it's going to,
1: uh, if it, if it has to be sooner or later, I think it's going to be later. I think that everyone is chilling on the veteran quarterbacks that are available right now for a reason. I think that Andy Dalton can be had uh, uh on the open market. That a team doesn't have to give any trade compensation for him. I think that everybody wants to wait and see with Jameis Winston and how he re- recovers from that meniscus. I think that Cam Newton, while he passed a basic physical reportedly this week, uh you roll the ball out there, he's not going to be playing tomorrow. And so if you don't have to make a move, and you probably, that's a great won't point
0: in the meniscus it. for James Winston. I didn't even really process that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. That, that's another, like, you, if you, again, with Cam and Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that, uh, Cam had, uh, went uh, underwent when a uh, physical with, uh, the Panthers and his team helped to arrange in Atlanta on Monday and that everything went fine. He's looking forward to get back to work. And that's, that's great. Uh, but, um, Yeah, the Winston thing and the Cam thing, like you can't, if you can't get them on a physical, what do you, how are you going to bring them in? Like you just, you don't want to pay somebody quarterback money unless you're sure that they're healthy and there's no, that's right.
1: And I'll tell you this. Well, I was told by, uh, an executive, a personnel executive, uh, earlier this weekend or over the weekend that they do not believe if Cam gets a one year deal, that it will not exceed $10 million, that it probably will not even hit $10 million.
0: By, by the Man. way, the Bears, if you're the Bears, why do you trade for Nick Foles? Just wait until Cam gets released and sign Cam. Then, yeah. you, can start, okay. then you can start Trubisky, and if Cam's not healthy, you have Trubisky. And if, if Cam is healthy and he beats out Trubisky, roll with Cam. It, it's well, so because,
1: because Cam would then become healthy and would beat out Trubisky, and for Ryan Pace, it would be a tacit admission by signing Cam, uh either trading for him or signing him. That Trubisky is not it. Remember the politics that we just talked about earlier. Like if, if Ryan Pace brings in a Nick Foles, like, okay, mostly a career backup who had that aberrational year. Uh, but Trubisky can still win out. If you bring in Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky's confidence is shot. And that, and they've been tiptoeing around that for some time. And here's the other thing. The reason that you trade for Nick Foles instead of waiting on Cam Newton is the exact same reason that you trade up from three to go to two to get Mitch Trubisky when no one else in the NFL would ever do that. And that's not a good thing.
0: That's true. By the way, the Wake County Sheriff's Office has just banned pistol purchases because he says there's been a 250% increase in demand. Permits will not, permits will not reopen until April 30th people were in shelter in place this is not the zombie apocalypse the <laughs> grocery stores will be open nobody's coming for your toilet paper you don't need guns everybody take a breath and settle down it's freaking country um anyway sorry I had to get that off my chest <laughs> I don't know. oh we went to the bears perfect the Bears, let's grade their offseason. They traded for Nick Foles. They they actually had to pay to get to get Nick Foles. It's unbelievable. Uh they signed Robert Quinn to a I mean how old are you now, JJ?
1: Old enough. No, Robert Quinn and I went
0: to college together. That was my question.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We uh we, we if played been, uh I remember playing beer pong with him at uh at Chapel Ridge back in probably two thousand nine. Well,
0: that's my point. If, if you've been doing this for 10, close to 10 years and there's somebody you went to college with that's getting a multi-year contract, maybe that team shouldn't have given him a multi-year contract. I think Robert Quinn's an awesome player and underrated in terms of what he's done for his career. He is on the older side. He had a great year last year in Dallas. I question, um, you know, his, like the, the health relative to the contract, the Jimmy Graham deal. You know what? The Bears get a F. This is a trash offseason. This is, a,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty bad one. I'm okay with Robert Quinn. Uh, and I'm probably too close to it. Um uh, but I, I give the Bears a D. And again, remember how I said the Cardinals get an A, and it's tough for me to put anyone up against the Cardinals? It's really hard for me to put anyone on the F level when I have the Houston Texans at F. That's
0: that's right.
1: That's- like I can't give the Chicago Bears the same grade that I gave Bill O'Brien. That's- and that's the that's the only reason that the Bears get a D instead of an F from me, because they're already trying to get out of the Jimmy Graham contract. Right? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> the Nick Foles deal, uh, you know, I, I don't think they should have cut Taylor Gabriel. Um, I, I, yeah, they lost Quentin Dix. They have two picks between one and 139 and they have zero in the top 40. So I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I give them a D and they're, they're right there on the F line.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, on the Robert Quinn thing, I don't mind signing Robert Quinn. I just don't like the money that they gave him. Like, I don't mind signing Jimmy Graham. I just don't like that you gave him $8 million a year because he's not fast and he can't run. Look, I'm all, Ryan Pace, does Ryan Pace have a North Carolina connection? Jimmy Graham's Gold, Goldsboro, Robert Quinn, Mitch Trubisky. Interesting. It is very interesting.
1: I don't believe that he does though.
0: I don't think so either.
1: Maybe he just likes, maybe he just likes flying into our fantastic airports.
0: Raleigh-Durham Airport, nothing better. Packers, Charlotte's airport sucks, although it's gotten better. It's gotten better. The parking's it's a disaster. disaster. The Packers added Christian Kirksey, Mercedes Lewis, and Ricky Wagner. They lose Brian Belaga, Blake Martinez, BJ Goodson, Jimmy Graham, and Kyler Fackrell. Uh, not This is not the spiciest offseason, but that's okay. They went big last year.
1: They went big last year, so I'm giving them a solid B. I like the Christian Kirksey pick-up. Pick up. Uh, they were in the mix for an Austin Hooper. That clearly didn't work out because he went to the highest bidder of the Browns, but they, you know, they tried. That's okay. I hate losing Brian Balaga. I hate losing Brian Balaga. Uh, but what they added in Kirksey and, and Wagner, they, they're not that far off. I think they, they seem far off from the San Francisco 49ers, but what I don't like is when teams retool in an offseason to beat one specific team. And I don't know what exactly it is that the Packers have to do in order to beat the Niners and overcome them because they absolutely got trounced twice last year by the Niners. Uh, they clearly, maybe they're just simply a bad matchup. Um, but I'm okay with them not trying to chase that. So I give them a B.
0: That's fine with me. I, it's just not the, it's not spicy. Just I don't know what you give them. Like you can't bang them for a bad all season. The Lions, uh, you can bang though because they got. Yep. Yep, this is a, interesting. Jamie Collins, Desmond Trufant. Actually, $11 million a year for Trufont's not crazy. Hala Palavidi Vitae. Did I do that right, Debo? Nailed it. Boom. Not really, but close enough. Uh, how, how do you say it? Close, Hala. Say Tua real quick. Tua, tongue of I
1: mean, but say it all at once, and you're not, like, spacing it out.
0: Tua, tongue of
1: You nailed it. Halapuli va Vada. God damn it.
0: Halapuli Vitae vitai Vitae. Vitae. All right. I'll get it. Danny Shelton, they added, Daron Harmon, uh, and Chase Daniel. Uh, they lose, De- they lose Darius Slay, who they traded, Ashawn Robinson, Graham Glasgow, which is actually a good loss because he got overpaid. Ricky Wagner, JD McKissick, Jeff Driscoll, and Devon Kennard. This is, the- I don't, I don't know what the Lions are doing.
1: I don't know either except trying to be, uh, the Patriots, of uh, the Great Lakes. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like it at all. Uh, we mentioned the names and all the names are cool. We didn't really get into the contracts. The contracts are and th- that,
0: disaster.
1: That's what makes it all bad. Yeah. That's what makes it all bad. Or the are the contracts. And I'll say this. And here, this goes back to the continuity thing. You have a Matt Patricia who is trying his best to make the the Patriot way happen in Detroit. And you saw. Uh, did you see what he allegedly said to Darius Slade that made what? Darius Slade not respect him anymore?
0: It's inexplicable. He, he told Darius Slade that he's not elite, that he shouldn't be hanging around better corners and then, uh, put a bunch of film stuff up on him uh, in front of everybody and and embarrassed him. It's like, dude, you don't have, you don't have any wins. Like you could do that. You got titles and skins on the wall. You got nothing. You got nothing.
1: And so you want to do this to one of your best players and establish this culture, this nebulous idea of culture. What's going to really kill you is if you have no time with these players to establish culture. He's already had time to establish it, and he's got, what, nine total wins as the Detroit Lions head coach and still can't even measure up to Jim Caldwell's worst season as a head coach of the Detroit Lions. Um, and so I think that so many things are working against him uh, and bob quinn including the edict from martha firestone ford at the end of last season that hey it's kind of post-season or else for you uh and i don't think that uh that diamond's going to be made under pressure there in detroit
0: mm. is that a diamond di- is that a robert griffin diamond no diamonds no pressure no diamonds yeah, it was, sure was. I love it. Uh, the Falcons back to the NFC South. They add Todd Gurley, Dante Fowler, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Davidson, Louis Vic Beasley, Austin Hooper, Devontae Freeman, Tesman Truffront, Levandre Campbell, and Wes Schweitzer. That is a lot of, uh, former core guys. They now can claim, JJ, that when they go to three wide receiver sets with Laquan Treadwell out there, that they are the first team in NFL history to start 11, to put 11 first rounders uh on the on on offense at the same time. So they've got that going for them.
1: Give me a B for the Falcons. I do like it they upgraded at pass rusher with Dante Fowler. They downgraded at tight end. Uh, of course they were never going to be able to pay Austin Hooper, so they go with Hayden Hurst. That's fine. Todd Gurley, I love the way Todd Gurley finished the season. Mm. Uh in the in the middle of the year he had some load management whatever, but when you see that he was running the ball 15, 16, 18, 20 times there in November and December, like, I'm cool with that. I, I did very much like that. Desmond Trufant, ultimately, like, I, I just want him to get his hands on more on more balls throughout his entire career. I wanted him to turn people over. They finally got rid of the Vic Beasley experiment. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm giving them a B. Again, I don't know how how far off they are. Dan Quinn made those staff changes. They have all the talent at almost every level of, of offense and defense. They just, for whatever reason, since the 2017 season, have not been able to put it together. I just don't think they're that far off. They didn't have to have a big offseason. They haven't so far. They've added in smart places, and they've, and they've tried to recreate where they can. I'm okay with it. I give them a beat.
0: All right. Fair enough. The New Orleans Saints added Emmanuel Sanders and Malcolm Jenkins to veteran on each side of the ball. They lost Teddy Bridgewater, Eli Apple, and AJ Klein, and they brought back Drew Brees and Andrews Pete on fairly sizable deals, but not outrageous contracts. Uh, they are the best team in the division, we think, unless Tom Brady gets it going or the Falcons click. Uh, what do you give the What do you give the Saints?
1: B plus. I like very, it. very, very much like what the Saints did right there um the offense is absolutely absurd Emmanuel Sanders that signing sent this over the top made them absolutely my favorite in the NFC South
0: best that, I was... here, by the way remember he had that passing touchdown and yep. a receiving touchdown and a bunch of catches and a bunch of yards in the Superdome
1: so I love that uh the Saints still have the ability to add another receiver in day two of the draft if they wish or early in day three um the only weakness that they have right now is the middle of the defense. Like AJ Klein is a very, very solid inside linebacker and he's not flashy. He was never Luke Keekly in Carolina. Um, you know, they still have Kiko okay, whatever. Um, but I'm interested to see it. in our CBS Sports HQ, my draft, I sent them Kenneth Murray. If you want to send them Patrick Queen, you can. Uh, they're at the 24th overall pick. So I'm willing to hold my breath and say, all right, they're interested in an inside linebacker. They didn't go out and pay or overpay for a Blake Martinez. They want to get somebody early on in the draft. I'm okay with that. But until they do that, I can't give them an A. They're at a B plus.
0: Okay. The Arizona Cardinals, who you have mentioned – They added DeAndre Hopkins. Don't know if you heard about him. Decent little wide receiver. Has done some things well on the football field before. uh, Devondre Campbell, Devon Kennard, and Jordan Phillips. They traded away David Johnson, lost Farrah Cooper, Demir Bird, signed with the Patriots. And they bring back Larry Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drake, who they put on the franchise tag. How would you grade the Arizona Cardinals?
1: Give them an A. I mean, they got the the trade of the last five years in the NFL getting DeAndre Hopkins, who um, really inarguably is a top three wide receiver. And he has been voted the past three uh, successive years as a top two wide receiver in yep. the NFL.
0: I mean, and, there's a pretty good chance that Steve Kime was like, is this, am I being pranked? Like, what is that? Is, is this really happening? Like, this guy wants to give me David Johnson or give me DeAndre Hopkins to take David Johnson and his salary off my hands? Okay. that
1: It was an untradeable contract. Yeah. And he somehow, I mean, they couldn't cut him. They couldn't trade him because nobody in their right mind would take that contract on. And they did. And, and they
0: got DeAndre Hopkins who returned.
1: <laughs> unreal. Unbelievable. And yeah. so, uh, you know, they also got Jordan Phillips from Buffalo at $10 million a year. Jordan Phillips is really good. He's yeah. a monster. Um, you know, D- D- Devondre Campbell's on a crazy affordable deal. Like, I think it's like one year, six million. They had re-upped DJ Humphreys uh, early on in the offseason. Like, I've been really rough on Steve Kime because he he really has not done anything since Carson Palmer took that team to the NFC title game yeah. in 2015. Um, I've been really hard on him, and especially when they fired Steve Wilkes. And it's like, Steve Kime, what have you done for me lately? And well, you had a hand in this hire if it was so bad. Uh, but I am very, very impressed by what he has been able to do these past two, three months.
0: I agree completely. The Los Angeles Rams – Cut Todd Gurley, lost Corey Littleton, lost Dante Fowler, lost Michael Brockers, lost Nicole Roby-Coleman. They let him walk, and they cut Clay Matthews. They added on a Sean Robinson and Leonard Floyd, the former first-round pick. And they actually talked Andrew Whitworth into coming back. I, I, it's hard for me to look at the Rams and be optimistic, given the regression from Jared Goff last year, the struggles on offense and the, with the offensive line, the complete uh, depletion of that defense, and what is now a really tough division. Uh, C minus,
1: mm. I'm right there on the D plus line. We want to go ahead and just give him a D plus. Again, I was cool with Todd Rill. I get that they don't want to pay him and, and they wanted to get out of his contract. Dante Fowler was finally turning it on, um, that they were able to get Andrew Woodworth back. Okay. That's, that's very solid. That's really the only saving grace here. Leonard Floyd on a far more affordable 10-ish million dollar a year contract than the 15 that he was going to get in the tag. I'm cool with that as well. Um, but here is the thing for me is they lost Wade Phillips. That's yeah. a huge free agency loss to me. Yeah. <laughs> They're not a better defense without Wade Phillips.
0: I agree completely. It's a mistake to let him go. I think, I think the Rams are in trouble. I think the Rams can be the worst team in that division. Yep. The 49ers tacked on an extra pick number 13 overall. They added Travis Benjamin, uh, recently traded away to Forrest Buckner for that pick. Let Emmanuel Sanders walk after giving up a, a pretty hefty price for him last year. Uh re-signed Eric Armstead and Ben Garland and Jimmy Ward are returning. I don't know that the 49ers got appreciably better, but I think they still have a very good roster.
1: They do. And what
0: like a C so, plus. I don't know, maybe a B he, minus for like you got the thirteenth overall pick. I don't like losing to Forrest Buckner, but if he's gonna cost you twenty one million dollars a year, you probably couldn't afford him over the long haul.
1: That's right. And they re-signed Jimmy Ward to to a deal that really kind of protects them. Uh, in the event that he suffers yet another injury, which obviously he has struggled with, uh, they tendered Kendrick Bourne and Matt Brita. Um Here's the thing that I want to see from the 49ers. They have two first rounders, right, 13 and 31, and then they have nothing until 156. And they absolutely crushed the draft last year, right, with Bosa, obvious. They got Devo. They got Greenlaw. They got their punter. Like, I want to see them get more picks and crush the draft in two consecutive years. And the only way you're going to do that is trading away 13 or 31. And so I do not at all anticipate them making two first-round picks. I anticipate them making one first-round pick and then parlaying the other one, whether it's 13 or 31, into – a, you know, two second rounders or two second rounders and a third, whatever that may be so that they can go out there and do exactly what they did last year that helped them get to
0: the Super Bowl. The Seattle Seahawks. And you're right. They will trade back. You mentioned it on our mock draft show. You're like, I would trade back if I could, if you would let me trade back, I would do what they want to do, but you won't let me jerks.
1: So I can't do what they want to
0: do. Right. The Seahawks added Philip Dorsett on a nice little deal. Greg Olson, they picked up some leadership. Uh, If you can say healthy. So, I think he can still play Bruce Irvin brought him back into the nest. Quentin Dunbar, great trade. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, Cedric Ogbue. They lose George Fant and brought back to Ron Reed, Luke Wilson. And then, I mean, maybe this is where you go with a partially incomplete grade because we don't know what they're going to do with Jadaven Clowney. They couldn't tag him. I think Clowney's another guy who, because of the Corona situation cannot get teams to give him a longer look and to pay him the money he wanted uh It got past the first wave of free agency, and nobody was biting it, and trying to give him a huge plus Aaron Donald-plus deal, not surprisingly, and they can't test him out to see if he's physically healthy. So uh he's still hanging out there. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he came back to Seattle on like a one-year deal to try and see what he could parlay next offseason.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. It is incomplete for me. They don't have a pass rush right now. Last year they didn't have a single uh defensive player who had at least five sacks. That's and. Insane. Without Quentin Jefferson and without Javion Clowney, they have no single player who had double-digit quarterback hits. Mm. So they need a pass rush, and I have to assume – I know that John Schneider knows that. I know that they are going to get that, but until they get that, uh, this is a completely incomplete free agency for them. And so I know they're doing their dance right now with Clowney. Uh, He obviously is not going to get the $20 million that he wants per year or even in one year. Uh, they may even add in uh, in free agent or excuse me in the draft as well, which I had each gross matos going to them, I think at 27. Um, that makes sense to me. They have to add pass rush because they just do not have it.
0: Yeah, if they came, if they end up getting bring Clowney back on a one year deal, and maybe it's eighteen million dollars, or maybe it's twenty million dollars on one year. I don't, like I don't know, you bring it back on one year, um, you get you get Gross matos or somebody like that, an edge guy in the draft, and then L.J. Collier steps up and is actually produces at a first round level. They would have a pass rush and they would be a very interesting team in that division. All right, JJ, good stuff as always, buddy. We kept you long, but we appreciate it. Great grades, great Corona talk. Stay safe in Mecklenburg, and uh, talk to you soon. Appreciate it, homie. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game.